But Jack enjoyed a joke. And so uh, I'm sure... um, Well, we're thinking about vision, aren't we? And um, I don't know if you've uh, seen uh, the sign at an optician's. If you don't see what you're looking for, you've come to the right place. Well, I think I'll leave it at that. I've got some more, but I'm, I think I'm leaving on a high, so, so that's good. And, um, and we're looking for vision. And uh, as we're going through as a church the, uh, the essential question, the readings through Acts, and if, if you've if you still not, not started, it's not too late, and there's some booklets just out in the in the, uh, the church foyer there, the newly painted church foyer. So, uh, but it, the essential question really is, how can I make a difference for God? And following on from how we sang Spirit of the Living God, how can we make a difference for God? What's the vision of the church? What, how can we make a, a difference for God? When's the vision day? That's good, yes. Fortnight's time. So let's just recap a little bit what we've already read in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1, where Jesus is risen from the dead, and before he ascended, he said, wait for the Holy Spirit. And then he ascended to be with his Father. Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost, and uh, Peter Peter stood up. Peter, who had been the one who had let Jesus down so badly, was empowered by the Holy Spirit and told people, repent and be baptized and you will receive the Holy Spirit. Baptism in water, baptism in the Holy Spirit. And the church was born. Could I have a slide up, please? Now, when I introduced the book of Acts, I showed you this slide and uh, where it's a very early uh, in the, the Bible's life, in the New Testament's life, and that chapters 1 to 12, which is what we've been studying so far, Peter is the main man. And uh, so what I talk today will be lots about Peter. But then, following on from next week onwards, Paul is the main character. So just to put that into focus. So if you just leave that up and people can have a look at that for for a time. Acts chapter 3, Peter, this key player, he healed a a crippled beggar. And uh, then Acts chapter 4, what an exciting church it was with healings and growth. It was wonderful. Acts chapter 5 illustrated a problem. Ananias and Sapphira, they, they were sinful and that uh, uh, developed in the church. A church with problems. I know that's a bit of a shock to some of you, but um, it happened then right at the start. Acts chapter 6, there was another problem uh, um, uh, with different um, uh, sort of ethnic groups and 
And Stephen and Philip and some others were chosen to try and help that. And then Stephen was seized. Acts chapter 7, Stephen was, was stoned to death because of his Christian faith. And a man called Saul was there, thinking that this was the right way. He was there leading the persecution of the church. Acts chapter 8, Philip was um, uh, forced out because of the persecution to Samaria. Now, are you familiar with the Samarians? Samaritans? The, the good Samaritan, the story of that was so odd because there was a good Samaritan that they weren't regarded as good. They were sort of half Jews and there was an ethnic thing going on. But there, they came to faith. They were baptized and then the question was, well, shouldn't they be baptized with the Holy Spirit as well? And they called him Peter from Jerusalem. What do you make of this? It was a big question. Is the faith, this new found faith, just for the Jews? But he said, let's let them be baptized in the Holy Spirit as well as baptized in water. And so they too became Christians. What's going on? And at that same time, an Ethiopian came to faith as well. Where was the, this Christian message going? Acts chapter 9, this Saul, this great persecutor, was converted on, on the way to Damascus, a bright light. And he came to faith. There was wonderful and exciting things, but challenges. Who was God's welcome for? The big issue of the day was, was the Christian message for the Jews only or for the Gentiles, the non-Jews? This was a crucial question. This was where they needed the vision of God because it would affect the whole of history after that. And then, Acts chapter 10, what we're looking at today. And if you've been following the readings, what you've been looking at through the week. Peter was praying and he had a vision. I'll read that out to you. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as birds and reptiles. Then a voice told him, get up Peter, kill and eat. Now if you know something about about uh, the Jewish food laws, that this was not allowed. And Peter was a good Jew. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. And the voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. So Peter had this vision of welcoming all these unclean things in. The Gentiles, the non-Jews, were regarded as unclean. As he was wondering about it, he had a knock on the door and it was some people from uh, a centurion called Cornelius who came to call and he'd been praying. Cornelius had, a Gentile had been praying and he was told in prayer to go and get Peter. And Peter was told in prayer 
somebody will call, respond. That was all the way of an introduction to Fiona's reading. Where are you, Fiona? Thank you. Read God's word to us. Acts 10, verses 23 to 38. Peter at Cornelius's house. The next day, Peter started out with them, and some of the brothers from Joppa went along. The following day, he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I am only a man myself. Talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, You are well aware that this is against our law for a Jew to associate with a Gentile or visit him. But God has shown me that I should not call any man impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask why you sent for me? Cornelius answered, Four days ago I was in my house praying at this hour at three in the afternoon. Suddenly a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send to Joppa for Simon who is called Peter. He is a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner who lives by the sea. So I sent for you immediately and it was good of you to come. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. Then Peter began to speak. I now realise how true it is that God does not show favouritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. Thank you, Fiona. And we just... As Peter was, uh, was in his speech there, we just uh, caught calling a halt, and um, uh, a little later Carol will say what happened next. But let's recap over that, uh, that reading. I don't know if it's possible, Colin, just to uh, find verse 28 of that reading. Yes, please. Yeah, that's good. So... Have you, got, have you got the scene so that Peter, the bit that I read out, had had this vision of God with this um, uh, sheep coming down with all these unclean animals. There was clean and there was unclean animals. What was God saying in that vision? At the same time, Cornelius, who was, according to the Jews, unclean, because verse 28, where it says, this is Peter, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with a Gentile or to visit him. 
as Peter was praying this, and as Cornelius was, uh, was praying, God put the two of them together. And God led Cornelius to, uh, to invite Peter to his house. And this is, is when Peter responded. So there was two important things there. One, Cornelius, who uh, was, it talks about uh, somebody who, who prayed. So he'd obviously got some faith, but it wasn't uh, developed. God spoke to him. And Peter, God spoke to him. And then the great line in verse 29. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask you why you sent me? So he's trying to explore. So often in prayer, we, we get these nudges from God, but we don't quite understand what's, what's going on. And so we asked him. And Cornelius then explained, four days ago I was in my house praying at this hour, three in the afternoon, and, uh, and he explained um, uh, about this man in shining clothes came to him, sent a jopper and uh, called for Peter. And then, can you move on to verse 33? So I sent for you immediately, and it was good of you to come. And then the next line, now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. So we recognized, Cornelius did, that they were there in the presence of God. And when a group of people, like in a church, are there in the presence of God, then God speaks. And we need to listen. We need to listen now. We can listen individually in our own homes. And then in a fortnight's time and the vision day, to listen to where God is leading us. Peter, who had had that vision before of the, of the sheet, he understood. And so in verse 34, he said, Then Peter began to speak, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. In other words, the gospel that Peter had been given, the gospel of Jesus, the way as it was called then, was for all. Now this was a huge change for Peter. All of his learning that he had had that uh, God just loved the Jews had gone because God had spoken to him and God had given Peter a new vision to lead the church. How good it is when God speaks and we listen and we respond. And then Peter began to, to preach, to speak. But we broke off from that speak. So that was a major shift. Maybe God will give us a major shift. Or maybe it might just be a, a little tweak. Well, let's just be open to him. It's interesting that uh, 
Acts chapter 11, this is all from chapter 10, Acts 11, if you've been reading that, there were disagreements when Peter got back to Jerusalem and said, right, we accept all now. Some people didn't like it. There was an interesting church meeting that night. But he said, he explained that God had spoken. And so they accepted. And the church went viral. And then Acts chapter 12 it began to be an unstoppable force. Peter got sent to prison for his faith, but then miraculously was released. God was moving in powerful and significant ways because they'd listened and obeyed. Barnabas came to the fore, who was a great encourager, and he went to get this guy Saul who had been converted and changed his name to Paul, who then became the leading light in the church. And if you remember that slide that we showed earlier, that after chapter 12, the book of Acts focuses on Paul. And if it wasn't for Barnabas, the encourager, just a quiet man in the background, who knows whether Paul would have come forward. And the early church was a changing, dynamic place. And that's always been a strength of Thomas Drizzly. May that to go on further. And the elders have been looking about this. They went on an away day and we're looking about how seeds of faith are sown. And hopefully that uh, those seeds of faith grow and then they can be can be reaped, can be um, uh, matured into, into faith. So sowing, reaping, and then keeping. That, that Obviously, we're not talking about gardening. Some of the elders might be gardeners, but um, we're talking about people and their lives, the seed of faith, the, the reaping of, of the harvest of, of saved lives, and then the keeping, how people can grow in discipleship. And we were thinking how we're doing with that and how we could do it better. And there'll be more of this later, but be praying about our church. Carol, do you want to bring us what happened next? That how God interrupted Peter's speech. Let's hear. Thank you. Acts 10, verses 44 to 48. While Peter was still speaking those words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Can anyone keep these people from being baptized in, with water? They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So we ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Carol. Ron. Do you, I know Vanda wanted um, uh, the young people to come down to hear the next bit, so...
you want to get them. So there was an immediate illustration of, uh, of what had uh, been uh, declared that uh, the Holy Spirit was for all in that they received the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that gift was given not only to the Jews, but also to the Gentiles. And, uh, and they began to, to speak in tongues this, this uh, heavenly language that uh, was, uh, was for then and for now. And uh, if you want to know more about tongues, well, we may share another time or just speak to, to us later. And they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so the question was, well, if they've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, can't they be baptized in water to become Christians? And the answer was yes. And it's interesting how it was in that order, the baptism in the Holy Spirit and then the baptism in water. Earlier, when, uh, if you remember when Philip went to Samaria, and I spoke about that, it was the other way around again. It was baptize, baptism in water first and then in the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter which order it comes to. God is God. God is in control. It's important that we're baptized in water or certainly what that signifies, that we come to faith. But also it's important that we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, that we're soaked in the Holy Spirit. That we pray and invite the Holy Spirit to come upon us as individuals and a fellowship. Last Sunday evening, we had a service of, of prayer and anointing where we specifically invited people to, to come forward and, uh, and to be prayed for or sit where they were and, and be prayed for. It was a powerful evening and it began with uh, um, uh, Maggie sharing what had happened to her the previous week. And I was keen that Maggie shared that again today because a number of you weren't there at that service. Maggie wasn't so keen. <laughs> Out you come, Maggie. <laughs> but uh, she's agreed to, uh, to share. And uh, we, we do rejoice in that. Let's just pray as Maggie shares. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the way that you came to Maggie. How you love Maggie. We thank you that you've made her quiet. But Lord, now, inspire her with your Holy Spirit just to be able to share what happened to her. Thank you for her willingness, Lord. Bless her. Amen. Amen. Okay. <laughs> for those of you that know me, I'm usually very quiet, and this is really way out of my comfort zone. But I just felt that it was too important a thing that happened to me not to, not to share it with you. 
Um, a fortnight ago, I came to church on Sunday, and it was it was Fair Trade Day. So I bought the I bought all the stuff with me, um, and Anne was kindly helping on that day. But I really didn't feel very well, so we put the the, um, the stall up, and, and I went home because I just didn't feel I could sit through the service. Um, I had a, I had a really bad chest infection, and um, and on top of that, I think with all the coughing, it had gone into my back. So I was in pain from my back. The coughing made it worse, and it was just like, oh, dear. And then on top of that, I was down as well because I was supposed to be having an operation on my hand to straighten my finger. And because I couldn't breathe properly, obviously the operation was cancelled. So if I say I was pretty down and um, fed up, that's an understatement. Anyway, so I went home, and then I came back, and I was behind the stall, and um, Andrew actually said to me, I'm really sorry, I forgot to tell them that it was a stall. And I said, and I'm really sorry because I didn't stay for your service. <laughs> so, so I really, you know, really felt bad, but I explained that I, I didn't feel well. And he obviously could see I didn't feel well. And so he asked me if I would like prayer. And I'm very quiet. I've never asked for prayer. I would never think, you know, I, I know that it's offered often and people go for prayer, but I've never, ever felt that that was, I don't know. It, it, it just never happened for me. But I knew straight away when he asked me that I, I did want prayer. And he said, I'll ask Sally to come. So Sally came out um, and asked me if I'd like prayer. And I said, yes, please. And uh, we looked at the little prayer room, but there was somebody in it. And Sally said, well, shall we go upstairs to the prayer room? And I said, I, I really can't do that with my bad back. And I just said... And she said, oh, we can just go into, into, the, in, into here, into this room. And it was a bit noisy, but she said, we can go to the corner at the front. And so that's what we did. She sat me down on a chair over there. And there was all the noise and the hubbub of a Sunday morning after service, everybody drinking coffee, the chairs going away, and, you know, everybody just talking and sharing. Um, and Sally, and I knew all this was going on, and Sally put her hand on my head and on my back. And... As she prayed for me, I felt that my spine and the whole of my body just kind of went down bit by bit. Um, and I felt very, it was like I was in a, a dark but very comfortable place and I was at peace. And, and then I felt after a while that my spine just kind of almost vertebrae per vertebrae kind of just straightened. And... I was still aware, I was still conscious that there were things going on around me, but I was very peaceful inside. Um, and so then I, was up, I felt I was upright, and then I felt my hand just stretch. And all this was going on, and I knew it was happening to me, but it wasn't that I was telling it to happen. But I wasn't frightened by it, I just knew it was, it was happening. Um, and then when I was upright again... Um, I saw my eyes closed, but I could feel my eyes flickering. I thought, this isn't the time to open my eyes, you know, even though I knew that perhaps it was time I was moving, but I thought, no, I can't. There's something still keeping me here. And my eyes flickered kind of for a while, and then I was just completely peaceful. And when I opened my eyes, I can't tell you the joy and, and the happiness I felt. And Sally knows that. It must have been so obvious. I was just like, I couldn't believe what had happened to me. Um, it was it was truly truly amazing, absolutely amazing. And you know, I thank Sally and I thank God for coming to me through Sally. Um, and so afterwards, I went and I don't know. I can tell you, I just was happy. I was just, you know, 
and, and I felt the aches and pains had gone. And I'd love to say that the aches and pains had all gone and my finger was straight, but no, that's not what God had intended for me. Um, I am better. Oh, believe me, I am better. But what he really was showing me was, is, was I was low in spirit. It was my spirit that was low, and that's what he fixed on that day for me. Thank you. And I think God answered our prayer that I prayed with you just then, Maggie. You said it so beautifully. Thank you. See, God was active in the book of Acts that we've been reading and hearing about, but God is still active now, or, well, he was a fortnight ago when that that happened. Let's believe that he's still active now. And he was still active last Sunday evening. A number of people were prayed for, and uh, I'm not going to invite all of them to come out, but I would like to invite Tim to, uh, to come out and share what happened to him. And I'll pray for you, Tim, as well. Thank you. And we pray for Tim as he shares something of, of what happened to him. Lord God, anoint him afresh with your Holy Spirit and anoint the hearers here that we may hear you. Amen. Amen. It was interesting just listening to that again, Maggie. Um, I think there's quite a lot of parallels um, with with my experience there. Um, For those that don't know, I've uh, had a sort of bad back for quite a few years now. Um, It's pretty constant. Um, there's sort of a, a dull ache most of the time. Sometimes it's uh, more, more painful than others. Um, and with that, there's like a sort of tingling, uh, pins and needles tingling in my right leg uh, most of the time. Um, I had an MRI scan um, to see if they, they could do anything about it. Um, the consultant who whose name was Jesus, um, <laughs> but I, I, don't, I don't think he pronounced it like that. He was Spanish, I think it's a Jesus or something like that. Um, he, he said it wasn't bad enough um, to, to actually operate on because there's, a, a, I think, quite a sort of sizable risk with the operation. So I just had to kind of put up with it, really. So, um, so uh, last, last Sunday, I came along to the um, prayer and anointing service in the evening. Um, I was on the PA, so I was sat at the back there. Um, and towards the end of the service, the, there was a, a time when people were invited to come forward for prayer. Um, and just at that point, I was kind of sat at the back there with me, just not really thinking too much. But and there was like two real sharp stabbing pains. And I, uh, you, you mentioned before about a sort of nudge. Well, this was a sort of more of a prod than a nudge, but. <laughs> Um, and, and I didn't really think things through any further than that, other than well, I think that was definitely God telling me that I needed to get up and be prayed for. Um, but been on the PA, and there was quite a lot of people sort of queued up, so I kind of waited till the, the end of the service. And at the end of the service, I went and asked Andrew if uh, he'd pray for me, and um, he got uh, Ron and Vander, and... They, they all prayed for me at the, at the front here. 
and it's difficult to describe the, the sensation. I think it was, it was nice is the wrong word. It's just not a good enough word to describe it. But it was, it was a very relaxing and peaceful um, f- feeling. And, you know, the, the prayed and, and uh, Sally prayed as well. And, and at, the, at the end, I just felt when I opened my eyes and, and I just I couldn't feel any pain at all in my back or my, my leg was just totally normal it's not, not, no pins and needles or anything um, which I haven't felt like that for quite a long time so I'd like to, I'd love to say that that was the end and that, that was uh, the end of my pain but, but I got two, two whole days of uh, being pain free but uh, and then on Tuesday it sort of came back again, and I guess you know I thought we'd have it. I was hoping for a better ending than that, really. But um, I think sort of looking back on it, I didn't come with an expectation of being healed, and you know physically. But looking back on it, it was more the fact that. I'd listened to God's prompting, although it was, you know, it had to be quite a severe prompting for me to actually listen. But um, I'd listened to God's prompting and I'd acted on it, and God showed me what what could happen if I just just act on on His prompting. And that's, I think, that's what I've taken away from it. And obviously, you know, I would love to to see that that healing. <laughs> you know, if if, uh, if God wants to heal me, that would be very really appreciate that um, but I think just listen to God and act don't, don't wait no, that's it, thank you thank you Tim, that's brilliant thank you and it was wonderful what happened to Tim and, uh, and what happened to Maggie, and one of the th- crucial things was that God had heard the prayer. You know, it would have been a, an odd coincidence if, if that respite, that couple of days respite, had, had just, just happened when we'd prayed. That, you know, this is, is real evidence, particularly for these two, that, that God hears them and knows them and, and has, responds and that's wonderful. But the reason that I asked him to share, and yes, it perhaps would have been wonderful to say, oh yeah, put me back on the chair rotor, I'm, I'm well again. <laughs> uh, Elaine would have been rejoicing. Um, but that wasn't the case. But that's often the case with many of us. That perhaps we pray for healing or pray for... Um, help in a situation and and there is something there but that maybe there's there's more prayer that's needed there's there's more that God needs to do it's not always instantaneous but for Tim and for Maggie it was instantaneous and that's rejoicing but maybe for both of them and, and we think particularly because of other prayers that were prayed for Tim that that there may be a case of, of praying into that and, uh, and praying into um, uh, God's healing. 
There's a lady called Sarah Watkins that some of you know who was healed by God wonderfully, but that was over a long period, and she now has a significant (laughs) healing ministry. And so I wanted those two examples to show to you people, which many of you know, and to show to me that God is still active. God still has a vision, as he had a vision for the early church in Acts. He has a vision for us now, as individual and as a church. So let's rejoice in that, and let us seek the Lord in prayer, so that we know more and more of him. Let's pray now, shall we? Lord God, we thank you for Maggie, for her willingness to be prayed for. We thank you for Tim, for his willingness to follow that prompt, that prod. We thank you for those who are willing to pray for them. And Lord God, most of all, we thank you for coming into their lives in a special and significant way at that time. May we all be encouraged. But also, Lord, as we reflect that that healing didn't last physically, let's pray that it lasts spiritually. But also we pray that they'll be more open to prayer, that we will be more open to prayer, that we don't always understand what's going on, But you are sovereign, Lord. And we just offer ourselves to you to pray for others, to be prayed for, to be guided by you. Help us, Lord, always to be available to your leading. And we pray, Lord, and want to continue to pray for Maggie and Tim, but for for each other, for others, for this church. Lord God, May we be more open to you and more willing to serve you. Knowing that not everything will always go perfectly, but knowing that we can be deeper into you, our sovereign Lord. We pray in Jesus' name.